Just before we start this episode, we'd like to let you know that we've been sponsored. This week, we're very grateful to GJN Plumbing of Popplechurch for sponsoring us. GJN, run by Gary, is a highly respected and rated plumbing service with a cool 9.92 rating on Checker Trade. Ooh. If you have any plumbing needs and you're looking for someone you can trust and we're happy to vouch for, give Gary a call on 07458 189745. That's 07458 189745. And now, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Totem Bar podcast. Today we are really, really excited to be joined by a very special guest. Um... His, it doesn't really need introduction, but I'll run for it anyway. His playing career, he started at Coventry City, moved to Arsenal, played for West Brom, played for Wolves, played for Bristol City, unfortunately. West Ham, back to Wolves, played for the Gas, went out to Arlesons, played for Hereford United. He won the FA Cup as a player, he won the FA Cup as a manager. Um, it is, of course, Mr Bobby Gould. Hello. Hi, Bobby. How are you? This is terrible. <laughs> oh, well, Where, thank, can I can I buy Luke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make an offer to you, pal. Yeah. I'm, free of charge for you as always. Don't worry about that. Free? Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I've just looked up. I've just looked in. You were were you born in 1974? No, no, not at all. I look like it. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, because that's in 1974. I, um, I used to train with Bristol Rovers and play for West Ham. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, what's that come about? Oh, I, I, tell me about it. I used to tra- I used to get used to get out of Portishead at four o'clock in the morning and drive all the way up to uh, to uh, West Ham United, the training ground. How come you were doing both? Because um, I. Because I didn't like Alan Dix. <laughs> That's amazing. No, and, and then I, I, what, what happened was I got I got, um, I got with Don Mexican because I was commuting for like eighteen months, two years up to West Ham, and he said, and they said, "Oh, come and join, come and join us in training at uh, in the park at uh, just just by Eastville and everything." So uh, that's how it came about that I joined Bristol Rovers later on. Wow, wow. Uh, well, just to let you know who we've got, so we've we got Luke, he's the one um, with the funny moustache. Um, and we've got, <laughs> and I'll we've never got... forget his face. I don't worry. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not good on names, Luke, but I'm good on faces. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Charlie, he's the younger. We normally got yeah. Ollie, but Ollie, unfortunately, has had a positive COVID test. Oh, and, and he's taken um, isolation to the extreme. I think he's you heard... can't. You can't send it. You can't send it through phones, can you? No, no. Um, although, so no, he's that to go the, another. T- the, is that the bastard that's ill? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's Charlie. Like, oh, Charlie! Your oh, Charlie's all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Ollie's going to get. Is gone to get a COVID test, so he might be joining us later. He might not, depending on on how long that takes. Okay. No yeah. problems. So, so, how long do you, how long do you usually uh, go on for? Huh. Um, well, we'll have a normally we have a chat. The, the, the podcast normally is a couple of hours long, but we won't keep you that long. Um, we, we, we'll oh have... no, 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 my missus will be pleased if you do. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> we won't keep you that long. Um, so I'm out the way. <laughs> it's okay with you. Just have a have a quick chat what? about you know your career and that, and then um, you know we'll then let, let you go if that's okay. Yeah. Do you want to look around my office? Yeah, definitely. That'd definitely, be great. please. This is this is the family side. So we're going round, and that's the window. I, I jump out of there. I don't know how many times. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the family corner. Now we come into the start to come into the football area. That's Arsenal, <sighs> and then we're coming all the way round. There's a book. I've got a hundred books left. If you want one, <laughs> I I got two manager of the months. Uh, Barclays up there. And, uh, and then I've got, um, there we come in all the way round. Can you see them? Because I can't. No, we've lost your, we've lost your video there. <laughs> no, oh, okay. okay. There we go. Okay. Got you. You're back. You're back. Okay. Uh, what do I put? Okay or later? Yeah, you're fine now. Absolutely. You can just fine, leave now, it. You're fine. It. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, but I've got okay or later in front of me. Just press okay. See what happens. Five bits. Okay. 
Okay, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Okay, so yeah, I got a quick question. So to, to kick things off, if that's all right, Bob. Um, yeah, just just hit me. Just hit yeah. me. <laughs> most people who saw it would probably mention your first managerial um, stint at the Rovers as probably in the top ten managerial spells that they've seen. So how does it feel to be kept sort of held in such high self-esteem with a, a club that obviously you clearly respect so much? Um, in football, you, you grow to, to know about football clubs and throughout my career, you know, it's been phenomenal really. And I've always dictated where I wanted to go. Um, and uh, with Bristol Rovers, there was, um, a period where I was training with Don Megson and, and the and the players, and I, I had the opportunity to to see it from another angle. And when the time came right to go to Bristol Rovers, I I, I jumped very 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 quickly, and it was uh, it was a wonderful experience. Um, I, I, it, it's it's something that's always remained in my heart wherever I went. You know, I left Bristol Rovers to go to Wimbledon and. And the success I had at Wimbledon was there. That, a lovely story with uh, Brian Clough. I, I phoned. I got. I had a secretary, which was unusual at Bristol Rovers. And I phoned up. Uh, I got her to phone Brian. Brian Clough, and it take. It took her eighty four calls to get him. <laughs> and um, after the eighty fourth call, the, the young lady came running up. I've got Brian Clough. I got that's great. So I, I went on the phone to Brian Clough. I said, Brian, I said, I'm a young manager coming into the game. What would you recommend? He says, first thing I do, young man, is call me Mr. Clough. <laughs> <laughs> Second thing, young man, is make sure you get your backroom staff right. Well, it took me ten, nine to ten years to do that. And once I did, I won the FA Cup. And Amazing. Just the fact. That little thing from Cluffy was just unbelievable. And I phoned it back. I said, Cluffy, what can I do? He says, uh, I says, I've got some, I'd like you to come out and play in the testimonial. What are you going to charge? Is that the only thing I'm going to charge, Goldie, is that your physiotherapist gives my feet a cuddle and a tickle. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, we got Nottingham Forest now to Eastville for, for Cluffy's feet to be tickled. <laughs> uh, it gets weirder. I tell you what, my career gets weirder. But no, uh, Cluffy, Cluffy played a major, major part in my management role, and uh, and and I enjoyed every every moment of it at uh, Bristol Rovers. I've got to say that. So from what you from what you're saying, then he's, he's obviously a bit of an idol of yours, Brian uh, Cluffy. That's sort of someone you looked up to. So what was it like when you actually managed against him? I wanted to beat him. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, we were. We wanted. I wanted to beat him, and there was another episode at Wimbledon where he where he got involved, and his team was playing in, at Wembley one week, and where, the week before they were playing at Plough Lane, the, the old Plough Lane, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and Sam a man, my uh, my owner, uh, my owner and boss at Wimbledon said, if he starts shouting in in the in, in the dugouts, the police must arrest him, and. Lo and behold, my, uh, my wife was sitting behind me because there's a small, small, small terrace, uh, small, small um, terrace there and everything. And she says, um, the, the owner's in a situation of telling the police and um, Mr. Clough Mr. was arrested and taken down into the away dressing room a week before he was due to play at to Wembley. And, uh, it, it, the, uh, and, uh, and Don Howe and I got in to see him. We got in to see the police. And anyway, we got him off. And next week he walked out at Wembley. And, you know, ever since then, Cluffy, we, were, we, had, a, we had a wonderful relationship. Were you the manager when uh, Cluffy came into the Wimbledon dressing room and smashed up the, um, the stereo because the, the Wimbledon players wouldn't turn it down? Were you in charge then? Um, I'm not admitting to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lose my temper, but I don't think I left it. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, it, it, it was actually Billy Jones and uh, John Fasher that got involved in that one. I was innocent <laughs> on that one, but you were I, in the room, I were you? Been, been... Sorry, you were in the room, were you? Uh, yes. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> That's a very brave man to go up to Vinnie James and John Fash and you and no, say, no, no. turn your music yeah. down. Listen, pal, I was in it hiding behind the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I think the brave man is to stand up to cloth in it and say we're not going to turn the music down. That's the brave man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So obviously talking about Wimbledon um, and you're uh, obviously winning the FA Cup, which must be one of the most amazing things ever. You know, what's the one thing that stands out for that day other than winning the match? Um, I got all the lads together after the game and that was very difficult, really difficult because they were they were flying. They were flying. They'd all got the medals. Um, managers and uh, at that time, Don Howe and myself, we, we weren't awarded medals. It came back, it was 10, like near, somewhere in the region of 22 years later that Don Howe and I got medals from the, uh, from the Football Association. And I got, I got all my, all, I got the lads together. Um, they, they were making hullabaloo and, you know, it's trying to control them, you know, it was really difficult. And I said to them, I said, look, I said, we're on the halfway line and it's the longest way walk all the way around to the, to the tunnel. I says, make that, make that the longest walk of your life because you lot ain't coming back here. <laughs> and we're, <laughs> and we're, and we're going to enjoy that. We're going to enjoy it. And we, and we did. We, we, walk, we all walked and it was a slow walk. We walked to the, uh, the, north, the south ter uh, terrace and the supporters were fantastic. And I was going past the, where the, tele uh, the television uh, cameras were and everything. And my best, my best mate in football is Bob Wilson. And uh, I, I got the FA Cup and, I, and, I, and I, I, I virtually tried to shove it up to him, but it was too far. But and Willow, Willow was in a situation of, of enjoying it, you know, and uh, I just think it was the longest walk, but, but by gum, didn't we enjoy it? Yeah, one of the first cup finals I can remember as a kid watching, and I'll never forget that the goal, you know, the Lovie Sanchez Dovian header. Um, I was actually a bit of a Liverpool fan as a kid, so I was I was actually really gutted. But but looking back now, as a as a, as a you know someone that likes the underdog team, you know, I was sort of yeah. trying to explain to Charlie earlier what the similarity would be because obviously he wasn't born. And I said, if you remember Wigan beating Man City, that was yes. probably a similar upset. Yeah, it, it was. It, it it really really was. And the greatest thing was, and people didn't didn't realise that that season um, we had eighty four percent of our goals scored from dead ball dead ball movements. If you understand what I'm saying, and Dennis Wise was the instigator with the delivery. He could deliver a ball into into the areas which was going to be a problem for any team. And Laurie Sanchez was 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 in the right position and just skimmed into the into the top corner. But and the, the thing that gets lost though, lads, is that um, Dave Besson actually became the first goalkeeper to save a penalty mm, yeah. at Wembley and was my team captain. Yeah. As, and, and it was, you know, so well, there's a lovely story here because, okay, so Laurie Sanchez scores a goal. So I've, I've got the ball, the referee gives me the ball. So I walk into the tunnel, we go into the dressing room, and Laurie Sanchez sits there with a great big, in the dressing room, great big broad grin and everything. And he was like pulling me towards him. I said, I've got bad news for you, Sanchez. He says, What's that? I said, well, David Besson is the first goalkeeper to ever score, ever save a penalty at Wembley, and I'm going to present him with a ball. And Sanchez <laughs> has never forgotten me yet. <laughs> never forgiven you. <laughs> so if, 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 if Sanchez keeps saying to me every every time I say, Where's my ball? <laughs> you mentioned when um, you were walking out for the FA Cup final that you told your players it's going to be the last time you're over there. Before pre-match, you do your team talk. Did you truly believe that you can go and cause an upset that day and win the FA Cup? Yeah, yeah. Barnsley was having a nightmare. Uh, Barnsley was having a, a season and a half. John Barnsley, a wonderful player, great player, great balance, great di distribution. What? What? Don Howe came in on on the Friday morning. He said, "Goldie, he says we've got to change it." I said, I "Can't change it." He says, "We've got to change it." He says, "We got we got to leave." Alan Court was playing wide right. Dennis Wise was playing wide left. He says, we've got to change the two wide men. He says, because every time Liverpool want to look up, they, they get the ball to Barnes. Now, we've got Dennis Wise who can deliver a ball and he's, he can run all day long. And what we did, what Don did, he shoved him in front of John Barnes and Clive Goodyear, well, we used to call him Winko because he was like a wing pilot and all that. And so Winko used to, was behind John Barnes and in front of him, was Dennis Wise. 
And every time they looked up, they couldn't get to him. And if you ever watch, if you ever watched it through, he, he was nullified. And Donau, with the great, great coach that he was, um, came in and said that was it. And that's what won us the game, to be perfectly honest, in, in my eyes, anyway. It's gone quiet there, lads. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just, just, just thought I thought <laughs> Charlie there, might yeah. have a might have a follow up question. Um, yeah. just quickly on it, you you had a lot of success as a manager against Liverpool Football Club, didn't you? I think as Coventry, you put four past them. You didn't you put them five past them when you were in the Premier League? You beat them in the in the FA Cup. What was it? And that that was a proper Liverpool team then. That they you know they were dominant force in English football for that that period. What was it that you found about them that you found sort of so easy to beat? Um, I, I, I just f- felt that, that we, we, when Donau and Bobby Gould went to Wimbledon, it was sacrilege, really, because like they were in a situation of of being very raw. Dave, Dave Bassett was he, he'd done a great job with them. Never underestimate what Dave Bassett uh, uh, Bassett, uh, Bassett did, and going all the way through. And what we had, what we inherited was players that wanted to learn. They wanted to understand what the game was, and it, it was that was the basis. That was the basis of us trying to beat the big boys, and we took them on. And what they couldn't handle, and what they couldn't handle, was the, was the long ball game. And if you look at Liverpool, their two centre halves on the day of the match, on the day of the match, both had had both had had headbands on them. They'd been practising during the week <laughs> and, and they'd both cut their eyes. No way. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, okay, we tried, um, but there was a part of the education where, like, uh, at Bristol Rovers, Coventry City, wherever I managed, I wanted my teams to be professional. I wanted them to be proud of being a professional footballer and that they weren't going to be young urchins, as I called them. And that's what um, Wimbledon were. I had to nullify that and Don was there to assist me. And if you look at every all of the, all the lads they, uh, from Wimbledon, they all went on to have very, very, very good careers wherever they went. So you mentioned Dennis Wise there and how good he was from a dead ball. Do you reckon in your like career, both playing and managing, he's the best player you've ever seen from a dead ball situation? Oh, what a great question that is. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I've got to say it's developed over, over the last like 20, 20, 40 years, you know, to, to see these players deliver balls. And it, it, the beauty of it is, is the ball is dead. Yeah. And you can practice week in, week out, you know, and you, you go out and, and they've got likely these um, models of players that they can stick in any area that they actually want. And what player, if, if you if you study the, the, the lads that are good technicians, as a lad down at Southampton at the moment, his name just slips me at the moment, but he's been, he, he's putting them, been putting them in the top corners. And you've got to say that is uh, practice makes perfect. And that and that is wonderful. Talking about penalties, I played. If you go look in look in your history books, I played at Coventry with a lad called Ronnie Farmer, who was uh, born in Guernsey, went to Nottingham Forest. Jimmy Hill bought him at Coventry City, and he was the greatest penalty taker I ever ever saw. I was there from a kid of 16, 17 at Coventry, and he never, ever, ever missed the penalty. The only trouble he got into was with the groundsman, groundsman at Ifield Road, Eric Smith, because he used to go out and practice for hour and hour and hour. And, and Alex Smith, the groundsman, would be sat in the dugout crying because he'd left a mark <laughs> on the penalty spot. Right, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned how you um, reckon how it's developed, how people take set pieces over the time, man. But if Dennis Wise was playing today, do you think he'd still be one of the best around? Or do you think oh, yeah. he was more suited to playing back then? Yeah, I, I have no shadow of a doubt about that. It, it was, it, we used to have cross countries and uh, run the Epic Forest and all, all the running and everything we used to do. And, and he, he was the best runner. He was, he was brilliant. And he really, really was. And um, it, 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 it was a pleasure to behold. And he went on, he, another lad that went on to have, a, have another great life out of football. And he enjoyed, enjoyed every moment of it. But as an athlete, first class. Who would you say is the best player you've managed? Cool, blimey. How many hours you got for this job? <laughs> as many as it takes. Uh, the, 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 one of the, the best lads I ever had was a, um, 
where is it? Ah, where, where was it? Uh, 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 it was at Coventry City, um, Trevor Peak. And I, I, I bought him. I thought from uh, from Lincoln to take him to Coventry City. And I, when he walked into the office, I thought I brought I brought the wrong player. <laughs> <laughs> he st he stood there, and I thought. What's your What's your name? I says Tre Trevor Peak. I says no. I, I think I says I'm oh, no, sorry. I says but I think I got the wrong player. <laughs> <laughs> he, he burst out into, into laughter, and I did. And he said, he said no. I am number six at Lincoln. That all right, I said that's it. And Trevor Peak. He, he was he was he was a great 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 defender. You know he, he was up there with a with the Bobby Moores and all that. When I, I just you know he, he came through to Coventry City and fully enough he was he was he lived just outside Coventry, a place called Bedworth and Peaky was a lovely lovely person. You'd want to be around in his company every day, like like I like being with you lads every day. You know for for two or three hours. Yeah, it's it's like it's liking people and. And, and enjoying and knowing their knowledge, what they've got about the game of football. You mentioned Sam Haman as well earlier. What was he like? Because he was not your average owner, was he? He was a terror. <laughs> a terror. A terror. Uh, yeah. Um, but he, he, he was... He, he, he brought, he, hold on. That's the wife. Uh, he, he was... He was, he was a, somebody very, very special because he bought a football club and he owned a football club. And I, I wrote my first programme notes um, and, and, and in the first game, league game at Plow Lane. And before the kickoff, I was in my office and, you know, you're not always in the dressing room, leave that to Donau or you, whoever's looking after them. And I sat there and all of a sudden he came bursting into my, into my office and, he threw the program, the first match program. I put my notes in, and I put, uh, and my players will give up the best for everybody. And he and he pointed at my my players, and he says, "You you will never ever say that they are my players. They are my players. <laughs> I buy them. I pay for them. You train them." <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I I had a. Barking before before the kickoff of the first game, and I've never, <laughs> never seen anything like that because everybody else had been chairmen, haven't they? You know, they've been, yeah. been chairmen. But to have an owner at the club as well was it, it was an experience. I've got to say that it was an experience. That's why that's sure. great, pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I got angry with like a Jose Mourinho or Jurgen Klopp. There, someone interested in saying that. Uh, well, I'd love. I'd love. I'd love. I'd love uh, Sam and Man to be uh, across the Tottenham. I would follow that with every pen and paper I could. <laughs> it would be brilliant. Did you ever work for any other sort of dodgy chairman? Obviously, you were at a time where the sort of you you sort of managed the the bridge between the two eras, didn't you? When it was it was sort of local businessmen owned football clubs, and then the money came in towards the back end of your your managerial career. But you took over Rovers just after the match fixing scandal the first time. Um, and there were plenty of dodgy chairmen in the lower leagues. Did you ever, did you ever work under any other dodgy chairman, or did you ever, did you ever hear any any amazing stories? Oh, you always, you always hear stories and everything, but it's putting your finger on the, on the, on the, on the actually on the trumpet, as you might say. And pe people, it, it is a money where a lot of cash has changed hands. And and people and and, and th th that's a fact of life, and it, it happens everywhere. You know, you, you you look what we're going through at the moment, and what some people are doing uh, on Twitter and everything else is is trying to earn money, uh, you know, and and steal money from people. Uh, and I, I, I I'm, I'm a person that you know, uh, I I was brought up with a, a lovely family, my my dad and my mom. Um, my, my dad lost his eyesight when I was 16 years of age, and and and, and we, you know, it wasn't an easy life. It wasn't an easy life, you know. I was I was born 1946, just after World War. I remember going to the shops across the road, and we used to have a ration book. And my mum used to be able to, after uh, you know, uh, after work all week to pay for pay for the food and everything. And but unfortunately, the financial you know financial people out there at the moment. It's 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 not good, and and so somewhere along the line, football 
perhaps at certain times in in the in the in the good and in the bad um, you know that people have to look back and say no that that wasn't a good time for that but this is a good time and and financially you know uh, my first my first wage as a as an apprentice at Coventry City was like three pound fifty and, and you know and and now what a player's earning it is it, it is phenomenal phenomenal but that's what football's given to everybody and I wouldn't be sat here with you with you lads and I now talking to you if I if I hadn't like negotiated and and, and looked at how much am I pay how much am I being paid I, I, you know I, I'm quite comfortable at that and I don't want I don't want that much yeah I, I've I've said yes and no at certain times to certain certain valuations of my, of my life and where I wanted to be and this place of Porter's head terrible terrible. I've only been here since 1971. <laughs> <laughs> we had a question from a listener second. about that, about why why uh, you chose to stay in Porter's Head, but despite the despite your playing career being um what? you know all over the place. Why why didn't you did, did you rent and just keep a place in Porter's Head, or did you did you commute every time from Porter's Head? Um, I, well, my wife and I first got married in 1967. We lived in Kenilworth. Um, I, uh, I bought a semi-detached house for £4,500. I was transferred from Coventry to Arsenal for £90,000. Uh, I got £4,500 £4, out of my transfer fee money, which was uh, five, uh, 10%, 10%, 5%, sorry. Yeah. And we, um, uh, the people that mortg- I mortgaged my house with in New Barnet was Arsenal Football Club. And they gave me £8,500 to buy buy a house and and that's how, that's how that's how life is going you know and we 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 eventually came to cover uh, to um, Porter's Head and I was with a lad called Colin Hall and we went up to um, uh, an estate agent's uh, park top of Park Street and this there was a house for sale in in River in Riverlease Porter's Head he said Gordy says it's back and beyond I said, we're going. So we got in the car, we drove out. There was no motorway, there was no nothing. And we came into Porter's Head, we came up the cab stand, and there was the Bristol Channel. We went down, we drove down, we drove down to a place called River Lees, and they had this beautiful upstairs down house backing onto the uh, 7S Street. So I phoned my wife up. We didn't have my mobile phones then. I phoned my wife up, Marjorie. We've been married 53 years. Don't ask me how, but we have. And we were in a situation where I said to her, I said, I've just bought a house. She said, what? I said, I've just bought a house. She says, how come you bought a house? And it was £22,500. And we came down here and um, we've only been away for about, since that time, about 18 months really. And we, we live out here now. And it, we've called our house Evermore. We are not moving anymore, Carl. <laughs> we're very happy where we are. And that was Porter's port head for you. Um, going back onto money, this is a bit of a bigger debate in football, Marla. So in 2004, of course, MK Dons was taken over as Wimbledon. As a manager who won the FA Cup with Wimbledon, do you see AFC Wimbledon, Wimbledon or MK Dons as your Wimbledon side? AFC. AFC. AF, no answer to that. Oh. It wasn't. You're talking. You're talking finances there. With you're talking about people buying buying the football club, putting a name to it, attaching MK Dons and everything. Um, no, it's AFC. See, yeah. the, only, the only situation is I can't get in to see the new ground at the moment. So I'm, I'm just waiting for a free ticket to get up there. <laughs> um, just going back now, so move away facts from Wimbledon, going back to Rovers. Um, I was there for the last gay ever game at Eastville. Um, I, I believe you were the manager at the time. What, what was that like? Um, it's, very, it's very. You mean when we went went out to Aztec to Twerton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to try and to try and lead from the front. Uh, it was the World Cup at the time, and we uh, and the. The finances weren't right and everything else, and we had to make sure that we were doing the right thing and going over to Azteca Twerton. And we had to go because of the financial situation. And any manager or uh, anybody in, in, in that situation, you know you, you, have to do the, you have to do the right thing. And, and the families that owned the, owned the club and you, 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 they trusted you and you trusted them and you had, you had to make sure that the club 
Bristol Rovers still survived. And they have done, and they've been mag magnificently uh, good with finances at uh, difficult times in, 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 in their history of uh, Bristol Rovers, FC. Because mm. yeah, I, I remember being on the tote end, I was about, about eight or nine, I think, and um, there was a, it was it's Chesterfield, I believe, drew nil nil. It was an awful game of football. <laughs> um, but um, there was the, what struck me was how low the crowd was because apparently a lot of the fans never believed it was going to be the last game. They thought it would all be sorted in the summer. Um, th were the players in the, and then yourself, were you thinking like that as well? Or did you actually know that was it? Um, I, 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 I'm not quite sure in my mind's, mind's eye at the moment that I was there when it actually was um, taken away from um, uh, Eastville. So I'm, my mind's not that clear at this moment in time. I'd have to, I'd have to go through all my, my books of, of <laughs> all the games I played and where I was and everything. I've, I've been fortunate enough to log every, every game I've ever played in as a professional. Um, so I, I'd have to go through there, but it'll take me a few hours, pal. I can't okay. attack, I no, can't worries. attack no worries. But what was it like going to Twerton then? Because obviously you must have walked in there and just thought, what on earth is this? <laughs> no, not really. Well, yeah, not really. Um, Jackie, Jackie Pitt, can anybody remember him? Yeah, yeah. He was the groundsman, wasn't he? He was a groundsman and he, he, he was an ex-player. Yeah. He loved the club. He, in, he, followed, he followed, followed them over to Quirton um, Park and he, Jack was brilliant. You know, he never moaned, he never groaned. He, he got on, he cut the pitch and everything else and, and, and that's what the kind of people that you want. And like Jack, it's like myself, he was a, he was a centre forward and he, he loved the club. The club, Bristol Rovers, if you look at who I signed, you know, so I signed some Mickey Shannon. I signed. I brought some great players in, Alan Ball, and and it was it was the charisma of Bristol Rovers, and all those players. You know, you could, Jackie Pitt, Alan Ball, Mickey Shannon, and 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 that it, there was and, and even myself. There was a love. There was a love, and it's something you, you can't. You, you know, you it's there, and that you can touch it somewhere along the line. The line. How did you? Twerton Park was also a bit of a fortress when it came to playing the other team that, that that reside in Bristol, and obviously you played you played for them in your playing career as well. How did you sort of square that? When obviously 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 the answer is you wanted to beat them, but did the, did the Bristol derbies take on a different meaning when you came a manager? Did were they the ones you were absolutely desperate to win? Is that is that still a are they a club that you Too particularly near. have a penchant for at all? You you ask a, a young man called Smart S Smarty. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. They come here. Smart. We we have been paralysed. We have been played at Aztec and Twerton, uh, and, uh, and, and and then we go across the road. We go to Ashton Gate, and we get we got battered. And Smarty picks the ball up twenty five yards out. I can still see it now with all the goals yeah. throughout my managerial career. I will never ever forget Smarty's goal. And the poor fellow had to go to work on Monday morning. <laughs> the fans <laughs> was, in that. He was a part-timer. The fans part in that video of that that's, goal. That's what, yeah, that's what we... Yeah, we, um, but it, it, play, the, play it back and it's always in your Monday box. Always. The, vi the, the fans of that goal... It was like the Alamo game, wasn't it? It's insane. The, the absolute... Sorry? The, the fans were when the when the goal goes in from from twenty five yards the absolute the there, there must have been bodies strewn all over the place in that away end because it is it is absolute carnage. What were you doing? How, were you just like stunned that it hit the back of the net? Were you running around? Were you giving it like what were you doing? To no, no, that? no. I was I was trying to calm everybody down. You know, <laughs> let's get back. Don't let them back into the game. Don't let them back into the game because we had goalkeeping situation and players like, players yeah. going in goal, blood everywhere. You could. Couldn't have asked anymore for a, a local derby club. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a hell of a strike. Hell of a strike. I, I can remember. I, I vaguely remember that game. I just remember it was just like the Alamo. They were they were all over us. And then, as you say, Gary Smart hit this thunderbolt in the top corner, and it, well, and <laughs> <laughs> just something funny. just something just happened behind you. <laughs> is, is that the Christmas? Is that the Christmas things being put up in your room? Yeah, it's my daughter. My daughter's putting the trimmings up as we as oh, we speak. 
Available, so I phoned him. I said, uh, I phoned him. I said, Alan, I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm playing chess or dominoes with one of the kids. I said, Why don't you come and sign for Bristol Rovers? He says, Gordy, he says, I don't like you. I says, I don't like you, but I, but I want to I want to bring you here, but I think you can do a great job. And he thought about it. He'd been abroad, he thought he, he drove up, he says, Yeah, he says, I'll come. And Ian Holloway, Ian Holloway was like a little. It, you know, a little boy. He followed him everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and Bo and Borley was there. Borley was magnificent. He really, really was. We we went up to um, we went up north, and uh, uh, he he played a game where he played one touch football. And I, it wasn't until West I went to West Ham as a player I understood what what one one touch football was. And Borley was phenomenal, phenomenal. And he was wonderful the, in the dressing rooms. Uh, the lads looked after it, up to him, and uh, a great, great, great um, player. And all it was was a little phone call, and both each partners telling each other they hated him. <laughs> <laughs> you briefly mentioned there that he played abroad. Because I've done my research. How did your move abroad to Norway come about? I know it didn't really go to plan, it seems, but no. What what happened was that. Um, I went across there with West Ham and I was coming to the latter stages of my career. We went to a place called Ullesund and um, I was there with um, West Ham, uh, John Lyle and, and Ron Greenwood and they said they're looking for a coach. I said, oh, are they? So, so I, I, went, I went, came to Bristol Rovers, you'll like this. So I came to Bristol Rovers and I explained that I wanted to go to um, uh, Ullison, Norway in the summer. And they said, yeah, there's no, no problems there. Anyway, so we played the first game. We play, I played my first game against Bristol uh, for Bristol Rovers. Got a hat-trick against Brantburn. Next week, got 8-0 eight, eight nil, eight nil by Tottenham. And I was in a the situation then of, um, you've disappeared. Hell, <laughs> 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 he's back again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, I was... Uh, we, we were on the coach and coming back from White Hart Lane and I got dropped at um, I got dropped at Heathrow. I got on a plane, flew over to Ullesson uh, in, in Norway and I, I went to the chairman's door and I, he says, you Bobby Gould, yeah. He says, oh good, he says, we have a great game on the television here where Tottenham Hotspur 8, Bristol Rovers nil, and you want the job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so anyway, so we had Margin Marge and I and the two lads, Jonathan and uh, Richard. Um, we we had two wonderful summer seasons in 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 Ullison. And what I was doing, lads, I was I was laying down the foundation for me to become a manager. What you know? And you, I went away and I, I I played in a few games. I, I invited a few English teams over, and it was the foundations of of being in management and, and what was it all about and with the family and with, and, and with my wife and actually um, we had two wonderful summers in, in Ullesund and the wonderful people I'm still, and I'm still great friends with them today. What was the what was the highlight of your um, obviously the Wimbledon FA Cup wins probably the highlight of your managerial career without putting your words in your mouth what was the highlight of your time at Rovers what was the when you look back on what's the, the thing you look back on fondest? The Ro uh, Bristol Rovers? Yeah Rovers yeah Hat trick, pal. <laughs> you can't take that away from me. Well, against Blackburn, that one. <laughs> yeah, when I first came on, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what about as a no, as a manager? As a manager, um, I, 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 Smarty's goal against Bristol uh, Bristol City's got to be up there. It's got got to be up there. 
Um, it, you, you know, you look back over your history, like in, I've got a, an office full of everything, and I just think that how lucky I am. But I bloody worked hard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, I've worked. I've worked. I've worked hard. And I've enjoyed it. Lovely mum and dad, brother Trevor, wonderful career. Played for England schoolboys. Um, played at Coventry City in the, in the first division. Um, played for Northampton. Had a wonderful history in, in management as well. Uh, we, 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 and, and then Jonathan, our eldest son, our eldest son. He, he's he's at, he's in New Zealand at the moment. The, and that's through football in 1986. And I went to manage. I went to manage um, Wimbledon and had a phone call from somebody in Napier. And they said, Napier? I said, where's that? And they said, oh, it's the other side of the world. And I sent Jonathan out there to for six months because they're, it's like their summer out there at the moment now. And Jonathan went out and had a wonderful time for six, seven or eight months, came back and said, Mom and Dad, if I ever emigrate, then I'm going out to New Zealand. And in, in 2006, that's where he's got, that's where he's, he went. And his dear mother, Marjorie, down to, who's down uh, in the kitchen at the moment, she was in a situation where she she hasn't seen an English winter since 2006. And, pal, she's going to see it today. Oh, yeah, of course <laughs> she is. Next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, because we can't get out there, but, but there we are. And then we've got a lov- lovely, wonderful son, Richard. He's a CEO at Surrey Cricket Club. He actually worked, worked for Bristol City in, um, in, in uh, um, uh, during a period of his time, and then he went to uh, Somerset as a CEO out there. So, sport has been brilliant for the Gould family. You know, yeah, we've, uh, we've delved, delved in delved in many areas, and but we've all worked hard. We've all worked hard. I've got to say that. Um. Obviously, you managed Wells, didn't you, for a little bit as well. What was the big difference between managing internationally and managing at club level? It was the biggest mistake I ever made in my football career um, because I didn't understand what it was to be an international footballer. Um, when you like, you play for a club side and then all of a sudden... You travel down individually. You come to the hotel in in Cardiff or in Newport, uh, and then you your your training uh, sessions are completely different to what they are back home. And you and it, it, it is it, it's humongous. It is so 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 much that there is there. I only wished I'd have had the opportunity to play an international football because I I would have understood understand it a lot lot more than I did when I went in there. Um, we had some good days, we had some bad days, but uh, that was one of my um, sorrows that I, I said about, like, Ollison and making uh, understanding of what it is to be a manager. Um, and I hadn't done my preparation properly to go and manage a national team. And, and to that, I apologise to, to the Welsh people, um, but at the same time, it, it taught me a lesson. And uh, it was a big lesson as well. There are some some stories of absolute legend about your time in charge of in charge of Wales. So whilst the on the pitch it might not have been a, a blinding success, but off the pitch you've left them with with stories that you know they will that, you know granddads will tell their grandchildren and all the way through. What's the my favourite one is obviously the John Hartson story was amazing. But there's also is it true you got locked in a prison when you were at, at training for Wales? Oh, no, no. No, 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 I went to I, the only time I, I thought I was in prison. Uh, there was two. There was two. I, okay, there was two. Right. I got I, the press had given me a torrid time over there. They really, really had. It. There was somebody that uh, um, somebody contacted me and, and said, "Oh, uh, get some stick from the from from the press." Oh, terrible. He says, "Well, I, I'm in prison at the moment." I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah." He says, "Yeah, just outside Newport." He says, "They've got the best training pitches ever." I said, "You serious?" He said, "Yeah." So I toddled out. I toddled out. Just the, the uh, prison camp just outside of Newport, and there was this marvelous, marvelous pitch. And I said, That's it. So <laughs> I, I, I made application. We was in a hotel in in Newport. I, I made, I, so I made this train there. It was fabulous, but the press couldn't get in. <laughs> and they didn't see the funny side of that. Anyway. That was perfect. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was for me, pal, I tell you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so they had we had a press meeting, and that was in that was actually in the prison itself, and that was a, that was another time when you know a, a bit strange, a bit weird, but it was out of devilment, really, to be perfectly honest. So. Uh, um, I, I have got a strange strength of, sense of humour. I've got to say that at times, and that, that was amazing. one of them. <laughs> did you did you sub yourself on in a Welsh friendly? Did you come on and play at, at half time, or did you give yourself twenty minutes during a Welsh game? Yeah, I yeah, read yeah. That somewhere that was it. Yeah, that was in Cumbran. I played with I played with Ryan Giggs and and, and everything. You know, <laughs> that, was, that was part of my experience. You know, like I hadn't I hadn't played with Ryan Giggs and. If I, you had to learn these lessons, and yeah, Giggs is a great lad. You know, he's doing he's doing a great job at the moment, and and they, 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 it, it's their understanding. They got they have to realise, and they know what 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 it's all about, and everything else. And I was, I was innocent Joe. I was innocent Joe. I love your story about your time with Wales. Is um, you've got a women's international cap. How did that one come about? Um, well. At this, uh, when uh, in the time during 1996 to 2000, ladies football was taken off, and I, I contributed quite a lot to the, the ladies' um, uh, challenges of get, getting. You know, I gave them a, a manager and everything else, so I was fully responsible. And when I left, uh, uh, made a lovely gesture. They, they gave me, they gave me a, a Welsh cap. Oh, um, okay. So, so uh, that was it. That was a contribution from the ladies' uh, Welsh football. I don't think the lads gave me a cap, though, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, just moving away from football, um, obviously you did a, a bit of a spell on Talk Sport with Andy Goldstein, didn't you? What what was that like? Because I, I listened to it and you all sound like you were having a, a, a hell of a laugh and a good time with him. Uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful experience with Goldsmith, it really was. We used to go on air at 10 o'clock at night, come off at 1 o'clock. And I'd be walking down the River Thames and, you know, I did it for four or five years and I loved every moment. I loved every moment of it. And, you know, Andy was brilliant with me. He, he educated me, he taught me and uh, what it was. And yeah, I taught him a lot about football and uh, he got a lovely family. Uh, yeah. I, and it's one of the privileges, it's like, that's the experience of learning, of making mistakes, but learning. And, 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 I enjoyed it and I travelled the length and breadth with TalkSport. Great, great company, wonderful company and, uh, and Goldstein's up, he's up, he's up there. He's actually been in this office and um, he's, he came up it. one Friday morning and, and he, he had a look around and we had, we had a good kick on him. I got a few sayings at the back, of, uh, I don't know where you and there's, that's, that's Browning. Um, and up there, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Um, the road, to, this is a good one for you three. The road to ruin is is ruined with excuses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got, another, I've got another one here. Don't waste any time mourning, organize. Brave actions, nerves want a trumpet. And this is my favorite one, okay. We are all the better that we know. We are all better than we know. If we can be made aware of this, we may never again be prepared to settle for anything less. So there we are. So I come in every day yeah, and look at them words. and just have a good look. Have a good. Have a good look round. It's all right. I want to bring you back on to the FA Cup briefly because I'm of course younger than everyone else here, and during my time following football. The FA Cup sort of, it doesn't really mean as much to me as it probably does to the rest of you. Do you feel that the FA Cup magic or the love for the competition is dying out? I don't know, because I feel that teams don't really try as much. I feel the big team. Have you have you ever been, what's the furthest you've been abroad in, in the world? What, as full of football or anywhere? No, no, in any structure, any, any structure uh, in life. Pro probably America. America. Yeah. Australia, New Zealand. I've, I've Australia, no. Br Brazil, <laughs> Argentina, <laughs> North Pole, North Pole, <laughs> Norway, Sweden, Russia. They all know what the FA Cup is. It is the greatest knockout cup in the in the world. And I've, 
if you ever, yeah, I've got, I've got a book, I've got a book here. Um, it's all about Wimbledon and that, and it's about Wimbledon and, and, and they're, they're, they're all about the FA Cup. And it's all, it's all, it's, 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 it's worldwide, and it disappoints managers. Okay, like, and what, rightly so. What you're saying is that you, you are not as in love with it as perhaps we are. Our generations, like two, two or three generations, and you, and you don't, you know, it, it was, it was fantastic. It's, and it started way, way back in, in the 18, 18, 94, all, all the years back, going back, and that is the FA Cup. And to win that, boy, you would not enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, Any uh, the most memorable um, <clears throat> season Rovers have had um, in recent years in the FA Cup is getting to the quarterfinal when we got obviously we got absolutely spanked by West Brom, won it five one. But that season. Was 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 amazing. I think Charlie was just before you started following Rovers. I think they were think 2006, was it? And um, yeah, that, that season stands out in my memory. All right, fine. We didn't get promoted until the season after. But the the magic of I think we beat Fulham on the run. Um, do we beat Derby on the run as well? Like we're beating teams. Oh, oh, you know, we drew away at Fulham and brought them back to our place and beat them. We beat Derby away. Like there there are some memories and some some fixtures in that that are just. It's so different to, to a league game when you play the same teams every year because Rovers always finish mid-table. You know, the chance to go and play, you know, proper established teams and go, go out and cause upsets is, is, is amazing. I think the FA Cup, yeah, definitely gives you that. And I think it's a shame that the magic's not there for the, for the younger generations because, you know, it is a, it, it is a brilliant cup. And, you know, I'm, you know, we're passionate defenders of it, I think, aren't we, Monksy? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I think you mentioned Derby away. I mean... I remember that you know, Nathan Ellenson hat trick. You know, to go to Pride Park, and I think that might be part of the part of the reason why some of the magic for some of the fans of Childish Generation has died is that we were used to going to Twerton Park and watching football there. So to go away to Pride Park, you know, go away to Anfield, go away to some of these stadiums, you know, was was unbelievable as as, as a fan, you know, and as a player. But of course, now nowadays, you know, Rovers are playing at Sunderland and playing at Ipswich and playing at Peterborough and um, you know and Pompey week in week out so there's, there's not really much of a change playing in the FA Cup you know um, which is a bit of a shame you know because you know when you go back to the days you know when it's that famous goal Harryford and they're playing on a on a on a cabbage patch when he smashes it in the top corner you know those days are gone you know possibly for the better but there's part of it particularly when it comes to the FA Cup I think which is a bit of a bit, bit, yeah, a, bit of a disappointment really. I, I think you should go back to um, where where are we here? Well, yeah, I think you should go back to uh, 1997 or 1978, where in the third round of the FA Cup, Sunderland uh, played Bristol Rovers at Roker Park. Uh, they won one nil on the seventh of January. And guess who scored? You little goofy! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, follow up on that, the fourth round of the FA Cup, we played South of it, Southampton at Eastville. Who won? Bristol hey. Road, 2-0. Oh, we went, oh, we went through to the fifth round. Oh, we played Ipswich at East uh, at Eastville, two, two, two. I scored a goal that shouldn't have been shouldn't have been disallowed. We got beat in the replay though. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> yeah. bloody Ipswich. Why should it have been disallowed? Sorry, yeah, disallowed. Ricochet. Why should it have been disallowed? Yeah, got, got dis disallowed and everything else, but uh, it's a great experience. We that we played with all the snow on the pitch and everything. Before your time, before your time, lads. Did you have the orange ball, Bobby? Um, the orange one is the Manchester United one uh, for Wolverhampton for, for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, scored a hat trick against Manchester United. Nah. Um, and that one was um, West Ham against Tranmere Rovers. That was, uh, I took the ball off Billy Bonds. Uh, he'd got two <laughs> and I'd got two. Huh. And the, <laughs> John Lyle, the manager, was in the dugout saying, don't let Gordy take it, don't let Gordy take it. <laughs> I pitched the ball, ran onto the, ran into the penalty area, put the ball down the spot, and put it in the corner and before Lyle could get to Stop me taking the penalty. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a yeah, West Ham one against Tranmere. I've speaking got of, a few in my lifetime. Speaking of West Ham, Sorry? your managerial career and your playing career is indelibly linked to a a legend of West Ham, and that's Jeff Hurst. 
Um, obviously, your playing career was was a couple of years old as a professional when England won the World Cup. What are your memories of, of England winning the World Cup, and and how did Jeff Hurst help you along in your in your sort of birth into management and whilst you were at Chelsea? Um, my my good lady um, Marjorie is a hairdresser, um, and um, we were, the season finished. I went into Highfield Road, and Jim said. Do you want a couple of tickets? I said, where for? He said, the World Cup. I said, poor, yeah. We had to call in JH, Jimmy Hill. So I got these two tickets and I went, I went, uh, I went, we weren't married then, picked her up from uh, the hairdressers' salon and I says, oh, we're, go we're going to Wembley Saturday. She says, no, we're not. I can't go. I said, what do you mean you can't go? She said, my mum my, my owns the, the hairdressing salon. She, she won't let me go. I says, be ready for one o'clock. So one o'clock, she finished using coffee tea, hairdressing. I jumped in with that FAC 658C was the registration plate. We drove all the way down to Wembley and the Mo M1, there was not another car on that, on, on that motorway. And we got to Wembley, we parked the car up and we got in the, the south end and that was the end that Hursty scored scored his, his goal, the, the, the winning goal. Yeah. And we were there. My wife and I were actually standing in, in, the, uh, in the ground watching that game. And it will yeah. never, never leave us. Never leave us. No. That's amazing. Sorry, I'm, I, my connection's <laughs> gone really bad here. Because, of course, when you were playing... Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've disappeared. So in, yeah, okay. In your day, as a player or manager, is there one player in world football that you wish, if playing now, you had the chance to play with or manage? Stanley Matthews. The greatest right, the greatest right, right winger ever, ever to play. Do you and, think uh, he, played, he, he played for Blackpool. They beat Bolton 4-3 in the FA Cup final. Uh, he never scored, but he was just magnificent. And that was the first FA Cup game I'd ever I'd ever watched on a 12-inch television. Do you think he'd be one of the best in the world if he was playing now up there with Messi and Ronaldo? Uh, well, they're all playing this um, diabolical system at the moment, and that doesn't include uh, outside right and outside left. <laughs> Stanley Matthews was an outside right. They're not wing backs or whatever, whatever they are <laughs> these days. God knows, but I'm not happy with them. I'll tell you that. Uh, but, <laughs> but even even Stanley Matthews uh, and there's a, there's a fellow called Tom Finney as well. They were brilliant, brilliant wingers, and uh, and they 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 got great ball control. They got delivery and everything else. Mar marvelous footballers, and uh, Stanley Matthews is up there. Okay. Stanley Matthews, just just touching on him, the the Stanley Matthews FA Cup final. I feel sorry, I, I, I don't even know the, the guy's name, but uh, the player who they they won it four three. A, a guy got a hat trick, and the FA Cup final still known as the Stanley Matthews <laughs> Stanley Matthews final. Didn't score a goal, which is amazing. But he also won the yeah. Ballon d'Or. It, it, it was it was yeah, it was Stan Mortensen who was the centre forward. Yeah. yeah, poor poor him. Sorry. scored a hat scored a hat trick in the FA Cup final. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Go on, that's all right. And um, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, but Stanley, but Stanley Matthews had made them all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he won the he won the Ballon d'Or. I think it was was it forty two, forty three years of age, and he won the the sort of the French um, newspapers award for being the best player in the world at that age. It's it's he was absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous player. He played till he was fifty, yeah. didn't he? Pardon. He played till he was fifty. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he went until he was fifty. He was magnificent. He was oh. what, He used to travel on the. He used to train on the beach um, in the afternoon. He'd do his training in the morning. He used to go running on the beach in the afternoon to build his piece stamina. And everything. Fantastic and a lovely, a lovely, lovely person. Lovely man. I met him on several occasions. Great, great privilege. Away from football, Bobby, obviously you like your cricket, don't you, as well? And you, you, yeah, I know you said you're still playing. Uh, obviously, I had a chance to use the new bat yet, which Jonathan was sending over. Um, but did you ever play a, a higher level at cricket? Because I know sort of when you were players, a lot of players played professional football and professional cricket. Was that something ever you had a chance to do? Or? Uh, 
Yeah, there was Jim Coombs I was with at um, West Bromwich Albury, a goalkeeper. Uh, when we were at school, I was at Callan Castle, was, um, a comprehensive school, 1,500 lads. We had the opportunity to... to um, we would, you know, it either got to um, the, the Binley Pit where we had the opportunity to go to, go to Edgebaston um, and look at the uh, grand staff there. If I was a cricketer, um, I, I wanted to be a cricketer, uh, I, and they invited me to go to Edgebaston, what it did. Um, but I, it was too far to travel, uh, and I didn't want to take up that every day in, every day out. And, so, yeah, I had the opportunity to play uh, uh, at Warwickshire, but uh, in the second team and everything, but it never matured. But um, I do love my cricket, I've got to say that. Yeah, so what, what, what are you more, a batsman or a bowler? Oh, I'm, I'm an all-rounder, pal. I'm a wicketkeeper <laughs> as well. And it's funny, enough that, uh, it's funny enough that uh, Richard, um, our youngest lad, he's, he's CEO of Surrey, and I go and join up there. I, I join him um, up with the... Uh, up with the players and and uh, they they do like a game of football before the game, but afterwards I always say you lot bleed no no good as a footballer. Stick to your cricket, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. I, I, I don't know if anyone's got any more questions. No, I, I think you know. No, all right, well, I think running up on the hour. So, th thanks very much, Bob, for for joining us. It's been fascinating. Um, you know, really, really, really interesting. Some of the some of the stuff there. Um, yeah, so th thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for inviting me. And uh, in what we're suffering at the moment, pal, uh, just keep breathing. That's the best thing to do. The bare thanks. minimum, innit, Bob? The bare minimum. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Bobby. God bless. God, God bless you all. Thanks yeah. ever so much. Cheers, thanks Bobby. Again. Thanks for your time.